Hello and welcome along to this week's episode of the Endless Stream Podcast. I am Aiden and I am here as usual with Kevin and Brian. The three of us all work in art or animation to some extent, so you will find our Instagram account is updated regularly with some sketches and drawings to go inside with the uh, release of the podcasts. If you feel like joining in the fun and doing a drawing based on something you heard on the podcast or something you might have watched, tag us at, at the Endless Cast on Instagram and let us see what you're working on. Each week we take a look at some of the endless stream of content that is delivered to us through Netflix, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Disney+. Plus. Anywhere you get your content, we're going to watch a chunk of it and we're going to talk about it. Now, we are not going to hold back on any of this. These conversations are very spoiler-heavy. If you haven't watched The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, if you haven't watched Invincible, maybe go off and watch those things and come back and join us. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe following us over on Instagram or Twitter. All of our socials are at The Endless Cast. You can reach us at theendlesscast at gmail.com. And other than that, there's not much else to say beyond let's get into the conversation. Okay, so this week we have the usual things to talk about. We're going to talk about Invincible, we're going to talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But let's talk about some of the stuff that's going on in media, film, nerd news this week. In terms of streaming things, I have, while I've been working, I've just been binging House again. I don't know if people remember House 2004. Shit, that's a long time ago. I didn't realize it was that long ago. Kev, you said you were watching Raising Dion. Um, I don't know anything about Raising Dion. Tell us about it. Um, well, aside from just watching, I actually haven't looked into it. Like in the background of, I think it's kind of just it's just cashing in the whole like superhero trend. However, like the first episode was really, really interesting, really good. Well, well, give, give us a what a synopsis of the the very concept because I have no idea what it is. When you say it's cashing in on the superhero thing, yeah. I so don't, basically, uh, I don't know what that means. A woman, there's a, it's a single mother, and she's left raising her child after her husband died, saving a stranger, uh, during a storm because he was a storm chaser, and then kind of she's finding it tough because of try you know work life balance all that kind of stuff and uh, she's losing her job and all that kind of thing and then Dion her little fella starts to kind of exhibit telekinesis and like telepathy and like teleportation or just like all these like different powers you know and she kind of freaks out and ends up kind of moving out to a cabin in the in the woods to kind of take him away from everybody and keep people safe but like he's incredibly strong like he's incredible like he has no control it's like a child you know like because he is a child but it's like if a child but it's like if it's like it's, a, it's like if a child does have those powers like you see like is it reed richard's children in this one it's like a little fella and he like, he just he wants the ice cream so he's gonna get it and like the whole truck could come flying towards him you know that kind of way he like he just has no control i don't know if it's an episode or i can't remember if it's in the film or something but there's a a, a story in the twilight zone where like everybody's tiptoeing around this kid that can just like manifest anything into existence you know um they have to like keep pictures of things away from him because like so or him or her i can't remember well it's just go oh i want a boat and the boat will fucking appear in your living room and it's like yeah yeah it's yeah. good and bad uh but it's, it's good um michael what's i want to say michael b jordan but i could be really wrong is that the actor's name? Michael B. Jordan is, um, yeah, he was Killmonger in Black Panther. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the he's the father in so it. Where where would you watch it? Netflix. Oh, it's a Netflix. Is it a Netflix original, show or did they buy it? Is I, a Netflix original. I like that. You know, kind of like kind of seeing how it goes, anyways. But like, it's that's look, it's engaging enough. You know. Did you watch? Uh, I'm not okay with this on Netflix. I watched the first two or three episodes of that. I think. Um, I, I kind of got a carry vibe 
Uh, kind of, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's worth watching as well. In terms of teenage girl who starts manifesting powers, yeah. and yeah, it's very good. It's worth it's worth kind of watching to the end because just the way that you described Kev, um, it reminded yeah, me. Yeah, I, I watched some of that. Yeah, the poor girl, and she has a really kind of selfish mother. Even though like I know it's like I said, she's a single mother, but she's like not very understanding to the girl. I watched maybe. the you talking about Carrie or no? The, yeah, no. Like in a in a, but it's, it's yeah, it's like Carrie. It really is, but yeah, strong Carrie vibes. <clears throat> it's funny because like it, it's clearly got a bit of kind of a Carrie thing to it, I guess. But I, I got more of a comic book vibe from it than mm. horror, I guess. So we're watching if you haven't watched all of it. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did like it what I saw. Yeah, definitely. When you said I'm not okay with this, this reminded me that at the same time as that was on, I think I was watching the end of the fucking world. Um, is it called T? I thought that, Brian. No. Have um, you watched that? I, That's I, really I, good. Season one. I, I haven't watched that. It was... Um, I was What I was watching at the same time as I'm not okay with this was Unorthodox, I think. Oh. Yeah, that was around the same time. I haven't I seen watched it. that. That's that was, it was funny because it was just like jumping from... It wasn't funny at all. It Brian, wasn't it, funny. It, what are you talking about? Oh what? My God. The Jeez. actual fuck. Oh, my God. The yeah, drastic tonal shift in things I was watching in an <laughs> evening was amusing. Yes. Oh, I understand. Sorry. Yes. That's on you. <laughs> Unorthodox was great. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it was a it was a cool show and like a glimpse into that world. Very frustrating to watch though when I kind of, you know, they, she's like living this, her best life and like, you know, you kind of, obviously she's going for her goals and all that kind of stuff and the the other guy, her, I think it's her ex-husband and his mm. cousin or something or her cousin or whatever, but like they come there to chase it down and they're like, the cousin was an awful character initially anyways, like, I can't remember how it goes. But, but. I, th- I think it did a good job of making, like when we say he was an awful character, like he wasn't cartoonishly vi- um, villainous. No. He was no. a very understandably flawed person trying to exist within a, a very strict structure getting a lot more leeway than she got though um yeah which was notable um so sorry i've I've derailed raising dion though it's good you <laughs> you recommend having a look at it but yeah like it's kind of it's fine so far yeah it's pretty decent yeah i'll stick with it you know it's, it's kind of i think because season two is coming out it's probably a good time to watch if you want to watch it michael b jordan's really getting a lot done these days um, he's producing a bunch of animation. He's directing the next Rocky or Creed film. Oh, is he? Yeah, I like I like him. He's he was... doing Static Shock for DC as well. Oh, he's doing Static Shock. Is that Shock. live action or is that animated? I can't remember. Uh, probably animated, I think, but I'm not sure to be honest. It might be live action. I really liked I really liked Static Shock growing up. Like it it was yes, it was yeah, DC animated, and you could tell it was the sort of like like clearly it was aimed at a younger crowd. Like the art direction wasn't anywhere nearly as serious as the sort of Batman stuff with the suit, the DC world that was going on. It definitely had a kind of had a kiddier vibe, but it was good. I watched uh, Palm Springs this week. Um, oh, right. That's um, quite like Andy Samberg and Kristen Melody. I say it's the guys kind of from the Lonely Island. OK, even though Samberg is the only one from the Lonely Island in it, but it's still kind of made under there. It's on Amazon. I think it came out it came out a couple of months ago. I think it might have been on Hulu first or something. I, like I do remember people talking about it in the middle of last year as something to watch. And it gets mentioned. I, you tell me as much or as little as you want here. Um, but people do mention Groundhog Day <gasps> next to it. But then they also say... I love that. <laughs> go into it knowing as little as you possibly can. Oh, great. Yeah, uh, that's exactly what I would say. Oh, God. I'm going to watch I, it tonight. I, I, knew, I, knew there was, I knew there was a 
Groundhog Day element to it, but I didn't know how it played out or or any of that. And yeah, just go into it knowing that much. You don't need to know any more because the the way it handles it is maybe a bit different than we're used to to those kind of stories. Brilliant. But uh, it's great, lots of fun. Yeah, brilliant. I can't wait. Um, Yep. And it's, it's it's interesting. I heard someone describe, um, you know, like the moment Hollywood decided that Groundhog Day was a genre and you could just do, you know, Tom Cruise sci-fi Groundhog Day or horror movie. What is that? Happy Death Day. Yeah, which is good. Yeah. And yeah. there's the one with, is it Marlon Wayans where he wakes up naked in an elevator? Oh, I know the one and it's he's getting married, I think, in it and stuff. Yeah. Uh, then there's the one, I think there's a kind of a Groundhog Day one with the guy who... Um, Oh, he was in Workaholics, I think, maybe. Mm-hmm. Adam Devine? It could be Adam Devine. He's in Pitch Perfect and stuff. Yeah, yeah it's Adam Devine. Yeah, he, I think he's in one that's kind of a bit Groundhog Day, isn't it? Like, he go, or else he goes back in time or something. Russian Doll has that thing going on as well. That was brilliant. That was actually really yeah. good. Russian Doll, for me, picked up once we got past... The apartment. The party. The first mm. two or three episodes kind of are setting up that there's a Groundhog Day yeah. element to play. Once we get past that and they start breaking beyond it that's when it really came to life for me and mm-hmm. by the end of it i loved it edge of tomorrow is a great one though yeah i, yeah. I really like that movie but i think it kind of I, I i wish they hadn't abandoned it at the end i wish they'd found a way to work with the conceit they'd put in place rather than taking mm-hmm. it away from them at the i know it, it i know taking away all in limited lives it makes the it stakes raise the lot, stakes yeah, yeah. but um I, I really like that film i think it's a lot of fun and it deserved to kind of be seen by more people. But I will say as well, like there isn't the action in it is very kind of perfunctory. There's that word again. I had to Google that word. There's there's no, there's no, there's no point in it where I'm like, I got to see that scene again. You know, there's no, even though I'll I'll rewatch the film because I enjoy it, but there's no, there's no action set piece in it where I'm like, I come back for Emily Blunt's Cobra stretch. I mean, but you can just watch the GIF. And I do. I, I don't know what that is. I also... Do I have something <laughs> I have to Google? What's perfunctory? I can't remember. And I Googled it after listening to our own podcast. Just just serving a purpose, its purpose and not doing a whole lot more. So yeah. Lip service is, or ticking a box. Yeah. They arrive on the beach and they got to take out the aliens. And it's just... It, it reminds me a lot of the, the end of... The Matrix Revolutions in Zion. Like I like the design of the suits. They look mm-hmm. cool. There's a couple of great shots where like there's a swarm and it's like a swarm of the Sentinels coming at like I think the character was Mifuni. Great shot, but in terms of the action, it's just like it just kind of boring to watch. It's like and he's shooting and he's shooting and they're flying around him and they're shooting and it's kind of much the same mm-hmm. in the. The action in Edge of Tomorrow is how is he going to die yeah. this time? I like that. You know, but it's not about there's a brilliant moment on the beach where he's doing this and that. Like the, there's a moment where he, you realize how skillful he's after getting, and he takes out like a load of the the kind of aliens in a row. But it's it doesn't want to stay with it. You know, it's just like there he is. He did it, and it's like three seconds, and now you know how proficient he's become. It's not about. It's not about the action, it's just about more, and which is a good thing too, like just action serving the the story. But I think that's kind of one of the reasons why it maybe didn't find, <laughs> it didn't find. Uh, Kev, Kev is giving us a Chevy Chase-esque style 
attempt to <laughs> reassemble the pop shield of his microphone. And the, the chair's going to fall out from under you next. Um, I'd take the thing off, Kev. Mm. Um, just maybe sit a little further back from it now, I guess, if you don't want to blow on it. Um, Sounds sorry. But uh, Edge of Tomorrow was based on, a, I think it was a book first as well. Obviously, it might have come after Groundhog Day, but I guess the the source material existed before. Oh, source code. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, I, yeah, I only watched that, like, say, in the last, like, three or four years, because anytime it was ever brought in a conversation, people would spoil it for me. What's the What's the Denzel Washington one as well? Where the... Deja Vu. Deja Vu. There's another one. I saw that Not, not quite that the same thing. Time but... travel, yeah. Uh, kind of similar, though. Okay. Similar. He gets to relive the same... It's like the other events. Uh, it's, um, it's, it's probably got more in common with source code in that day. like that amazing film Tenet well there was a show on on TV3 TV3 only the weekly edition or something no actually you're, you're, you're saying early edition early edition and that yeah. was Kyle Chandler yeah brilliant I love that show and the Indian, Indian guy from Johnny Five short circuit Fisher Stevens yeah he's, he's, not, he's not Indian yeah but he was the Indian guy from short circuit but he's not Indian. <laughs> I'm also I'm also not entirely sure he's the guy in early edition. He's pretty I'm pretty sure he is. Aiden, what was the show you were talking about? I was gonna talk about how um nineties TV three does feel like an anomalous black hole that only I experienced. Merlin. Was it called Seven Days? A, a global catastrophic event would happen and then they had a, a time machine that would let them go back a week and the guy had to like It's vaguely try, familiar. He had this like orb that would spin around and shoot him into space and um, send him back seven days and he had to uh, undo whatever terrorist attack or political assassination greenlit a lot of weak sci-fi shows in the 90s and early 2000s there was a lot of oh god the third wave did any of you remember flash forward good god it came shortly after lost like before lost kind of wrapped up but it was it was basically there's, there's like a, a global event where everybody blacks out for like five minutes and everybody in their blackout, they all got a glimpse of the future, their future. And they were trying to like, the, there was a few people kind of racing to like try prevent the next blackout from happening. But um, it was like, a, it was a large cast and instead of like flashing back, like they do in Lost to people's, you know, lives before they oh arrived my on the God, island. Yeah, it kept yeah. flashing forward, showing what what vision each person had, and it was just, oh my God, it was garbage. It's just, it was so bad. I think it was based on a book too. Actually, it was terrible. When, when you said third wave, did you mean the first wave? Oh, the first wave, yeah. And with I, the Notre Dame, that's what I was going to say. The the guy is stopping an alien invasion using the 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 predictions of Nostradamus. Yeah, yeah, brilliant stuff. <laughs> I loved that show. Yeah, I loved it too. Higher brow than Stanley Tucci exploring Italy, if you ask me. But I saw a Stanley Tucci look like in town yesterday. It was weird. I had to do a double take to make sure it wasn't him because he was wearing a baseball cap, and I was like, "He's he's, do, he's doing his next I travel show." Like I genuinely was like, "Is that not the Tucci? Is that Mister Tucci?" Mister Tucci. I'm still not even entirely sure it wasn't him. I mean, it probably was. I mean, he could be doing a travel show. Maybe it was. He he could. Cork is a pretty magical place. That it is. It's a beautiful place. Florida of Ireland. 
they did that show with the guy who created Everybody Loves Raymond called Somebody Feed Phil. Yeah. Oh, yes, and yeah. I've seen it on Netflix. That guy travels around eating food in different countries and he came to Dublin and Wicklow and the yeah. happy pair people made him go swimming in the 40 foot or something um, or out in Bray. It's a lovely area. But speaking of perfunctory action. I'm not endorsing the Brayslander. Just no, I, I like Bray. <laughs> Bray's great. I mean, great people from Bray. I know some wonderful, wonderful people from Bray. Yep, it's like the Florida of Ireland. It's, it's, it. I was going to say Santa Monica, but you know, it's yeah. wonderful, wonderful place, wonderful people. Cork is the Florida of Ireland. Bray's lovely. Br- Cork's also lovely. Kerry's probably the Florida of Ireland. That why, place why, is why wild. You, why are you trying to imply? I'm, I'm trying to. I'm not, that's not what I'm implying. It's Ireland's wang. <laughs> if Ireland was going to fuck you, Kerry's what you'd see coming at you. <laughs> no. Um, There's Aiden taking it too speaking, far. Speaking <laughs> of perfunctory action, to bring us back to an awful, edit point, um, Fast and Furious 9 trailer. Yes, perfunctory. So this is the story of a bunch of regular car thieves. A undercover police officer trying to stop a ring of race car drivers that are stealing DVD players from moving trucks. And now they're the Avengers. I don't know at what point they all developed Doesn't MMA matter. skills. I don't know at what point Mr. Han became a sniper. Mm-hmm. Did y'all watch the Fast and Furious Nine trailer? So far gone. They're just wild. They are so wild. But like, look, they're big, stupid action movies. That's fine, you know. And if they, people enjoy them, that's great. But it's just, they are so, so, so far from where they started. My only problem with them, really, like, they're not really for me. That's fine. Like I said, no, people like them, that's cool. It just grates on me so much when people act like they're so much more fun than they are. Like people, people are like, I love them. They're just so extreme and they're just so silly and so much fun. Like it's just, it's just gotten so absurd, but it's just, it's just like, it's, you know, two hours and it's just so entertaining. And it's like, it's not really though. Like they're not, they're, they're not. Like if they were, it like, just if you like them, cool. But um, I think that, that rhetoric of it came out of, Fast Five, I think, when they're in Rio, five, like yeah. they had been kind of absurd but grounded. I, I got, to four. I got free tickets to that. I, I, yeah, I'd seen, I think I'd seen the first two, and that was pretty much it. And I didn't check in with it again. I think until like I got tickets for, um, basically like there, there was a big marketing push for Five. Yeah. Um, well, The Rock was involved. I can't even remember where I got the free tickets for it, but um, there was free food at an event beforehand, and then we all went from from the event to to the cinema for the screening, and they made such a big deal about it. They showed a clip for Bridesmaids beforehand. It was like the, the scene where they're trying on the dresses and stuff, and like that, the, the entire, like the, it was a packed screen, and the entire place was just breaking themselves laughing at that scene from Bridesmaids. So they were just like primed to have a good time and stuff. But that will tell you like how much money they spent like marketing and selling the the narrative that, like you said, Aiden, where the the copy written about the franchise was, yeah, they are silly. They are wild. Let's just like 
you know, just be big fun. So like I, I was prepared to just actually sit back and go, okay, um, let's watch this and see how silly it gets. And is it as much fun as they're saying? And it, it just, it wasn't, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't care that people like them. It's, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's really impressive that it's an ensemble action movie that isn't yeah. based on yeah. like, you know, a Marvel or comics property. It's like that, that that's insane that it, there's nine of them and they're, and like John Cena as his brother and it's got its own lore and it's like, it's so much about family and it's like, oh my God, his brother is the villain. It's that just he's like, never the, mentioned in movies for <laughs> 15 <laughs> years. Because he's not family. He hates him. And the other thing is as well, like it's kind of like it's like a lot of these actors, with the exception obviously of John Cena and The Rock, and uh, maybe um, the handsome fella, what's his name, James Statham, uh, but like a lot of them aren't up to a whole lot outside of these outside of this franchise. Oh, Jason Statham is very rugged, handsome. Aiden. I think he's, he's I rugged. Jeez, he's, he's lovely. He's gorgeous. Hey, I think he is. Fucking what do you call it? Um, I used to love the Transporter. Brilliant movie, the first one, anyways. Used to love it, but. Um, but yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, a lot of these guys don't have, like, huge careers outside of it, but it's funny that kind of, like, a B-list of kind of celebrities put them together as one of the biggest, like, action franchises, you know? I look, here, look, I, I, don't, I don't watch them, I'm not a big fan of them, I love stupid action movies, uh, I, well, I, 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 there's a line, extraction, too far, but... That, that episode won't air, Kev, so people won't get the joke. That's a deep cut. It's a deep cut. <laughs> yes. Do you know what, it, you know what? You know what? It's a bad. Just, it's a it's a bad movie. Before we get onto like Falcon and Winter Soldier, the the opening scene where they take out Walker, like it was okay, and it was just the fact that not as good as mm. any of the fight scenes in Extraction, and I'll just leave it there. I I'll one hundred percent agree with you. Like yeah, but we're going to go down the. I don't want to go down the Extraction rabbit hole again. Let's not. No, let's not. Let's not, please. I just didn't like the yeah. yeah narrative around it. David Harbour's in it. I like David Harbour. It was just David Harbour. David Harbour. Okay. Better than, better than the Justice League, let's be fair. The thing with Fast and the Furious to me that I always find funny is you can go back to that first Fast and the Furious movie and you can kind of point by point parallel it with Point Break. I wish I hadn't used the word point so many times in the row there. But in terms of undercover cop getting in too deep with an extreme subculture and falling in love with the sister and um, like there's the, the the robbery stuff. There's a lot of parallels between that and Point Break. And then it went off and it kind of did its own thing and it expanded and expanded and expanded. And I found it funny then that when they went to do a remake of Point Break, it couldn't just be bank robbers and, and surfers now. They felt Fast and the Furious had parallel evolutioned alongside, like it had gone 15 years of evolution that Point Break hadn't done and Point Break then tried to jump to where Fast and the Furious was. So they weren't just surfers at this point. They were skydivers, they were former military, they were snowboarding. We had to see a wide range of extreme sports and, and like they hijack a military plane at one point and like that I don't want to get into that Point Break remake because it was just a waste of goddamn time, but I did think it was funny to look at it as an example of two movies that basically started in the exact same place and one of them just kind of kept its audience and grew and got more and more absurd and one of them, whether consciously or unconsciously, jumped to five or six steps in 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 terms of what it tried to do. You know, if they were trying to reboot Point Break, then reboot Point Break, but they jumped, they jumped into 
um, an absurd place with it. That was an awful. Yeah, it was a waste. That was an awful movie. That remake. Mm-hmm. It was awful. Uh, yeah, maybe hit extreme sports. Um, I had a couple of notes watching the Fast and the Furious trailer. Jet Li took a gun from Mel Gibson in the Lethal Weapon Four, and we are going to see that fucking move in every action movie forever. I'm sure that existed in martial arts and action movies before Lethal Weapon, but that's where I saw. I think it. Steven Seagal perfected that. I don't know that. It, I don't know that it was ever impressive, and we're going to keep doing it. Vin Diesel got called soft looking next to The Rock one time, and now he's working them arms. Oh, but just the arms. He is an odd one, yeah. And it, it's funny that like The Rock is gone from this franchise now. He's off in Hobbs and Shawland, and he can stay over there. You know, I don't think those two like each other. Man, we messing with magnets now? They've got a magnet car that magnets things towards it and away from it. Moving on. Video game-wise, I've been playing Warzone. We've mentioned this in previous podcasts, but um, uh, there's talk of a new map being brought in. It, it's weird, like, the, the pandemic has really been, I guess, a godsend for Infinity Ward, and it's got to have doubled or tripled the, pe- the amount of people playing that Call of Duty game. And it's been a year or over a year at this point of people playing it. And I know for myself, rather than speaking broadly for the world, that like kind of we could do with a new map. Like the map that you play on is huge and it's got a variety of urban, rural, um, snowy terrain, high and low. I was bored of it after about a month. I was like, when are they giving us new maps? I'm bored of this place. (laughs) Yep. And that's that's fair. Um, And every so often you hear rumblings of, oh, they're finally going to give us a new map or they're going to expand it and put a new section on it. And I'm still playing it and I'm still enjoying it because I'm playing with friends and we're chatting and we're, you know, goal setting in the game. But I could do a new new map and I was kind of looking forward to it and there's supposed to be something coming this coming Wednesday. Um, Depending on when this gets released, I think that's Wednesday the 21st of April. Um, And then someone said to me today, they're just reskinning it to look like it's the 80s. And Mm. the buildings won't be as tall and... It's trying to come in line That's with no good. the the Black Ops game in terms of its era, and I mean, look, I, I um, I'll wait and see how it is. I'll probably have good fun in it, but again, I think the fun I'm having is you know, you know, playing with friends rather <laughs> rather than the actual game at this point. Because, um, uh, yeah, I'd, I I could do with a new map. I could do with a new feature. I could do with something. You were. Looking at Resident Evil, Brian? Yeah, they um, they did a little kind of a showcase on Thursday night, I think. Um, they'd mentioned a couple of months back that there'd be a demo. There'd be two demos, and like the first demo was just for PS5. And then they mentioned that the next demo would be um, available on PS4 and then possibly other consoles too as well. I'm not actually sure. So I was kind of expecting them to say during that showcase on Thursday night that you know, you can download it now. Here you go. Um, but it's a timed demo during like a weekend and it's just, it's kind of frustrating. There's basically between now and the release of the game, there'll be a 30 minute demo each weekend available for like a kind of a couple of, I think eight hours over the weekend. So like, I'm excited to play it and try it out, but it's just, I don't know. I think it's kind of a misguided way to keep hype rolling for the next three or four weeks to like just give you 30 minutes 30 minutes to play during an eight hour window and then another 30 minutes 
the following weekend. When's the release date for this game? Because I've been seeing giant vampire lady gifts for six months at this point. It's out in May, early May. So basically there, there's a 30-minute demo for uh, a section of the game this Sunday. Uh, I think it's based in the village, village. And then next week, next Sunday, there's 30 minutes in the castle. And then the weekend after that, you can get 60 minutes playing both the castle and the village. And then the game is out the following Thursday, kind of. So it's not that long away, but it's just kind of frustrating that you know, the the showcase was on at 11 p.m. on a Thursday night. So I was kind of expecting to, you know, by the end of it, get to try the to try the game. Because that's how they, they did it at the previous showcase. It was like, during it, it was like, and you can download the demo right now, but only on PS5. Right. So I was expecting to get a little kind of... Terry got a PS5, actually, one of my friends. He got one. I think my nephew got one. Um, a couple of weeks ago, like a week or two ago, but um, he's bigger than me now, so I can't steal it from him. Mm. He's eight. He's eight, and he's six feet tall. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> yeah, he is bigger than Brian. He's not eight, though. He's like 15. <laughs> <laughs> but he is bigger than Brian, though. He is. Yeah. Which, which is funny. He's bigger than me, I'd say. Yeah. He's six foot, at least. Yeah, so he's... Yeah. yeah. Aiden, you'll have to beat him up for us. I don't... Uh, that's not my temperament. Fine. Whatever. A couple of short kings. Please don't. What? I hate. I hate. I hate the word king or referring to something. Oh God, I hate it. So talking, talking about. Um, I wasn't finished talking about what? tall vampire lady. How dare you? Excuse me. Sorry. Go ahead. How dare you? How very dare you? <laughs> I forgot what this podcast was about. <laughs> what? Tall vampire tall lady. Tall vampire lady. No, yeah. it's 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 just uh it just occurred to me that since uh, I think. Devil May Cry 5 and Resident Evil 2 Remake and Resident Evil 3 Remake. Well, that came out later. But Devil May Cry 5 and Resident Evil 2 Remake, they came out kind of pretty close to each other. Um, Both made by Capcom using their, I think it's their Ori engine, which is the one they built to make Resident Evil 7. But since 5 and the 2 Remake, they've been using um, real-life models to base the characters, like the, the likenesses and stuff on. So, you know, Dante, who's existed in Devil May Cry since like maybe 2000 or something like that, in the latest Devil May Cry game, like they, they got a model to base his likeness on and then they, they styled him to look like Dante. So, so like Leon and Claire from Resident Evil 2 Remake, there's models out there who actually look like the characters. So basically it's just occurred to me that They've probably done the same thing for Tall Vampire Lady. And who is she? Where is she? Do we know? The internet's gone crazy for her. And like, why hasn't anybody... Why who, who? Why haven't they done the detective work to figure out who Tall Vampire Lady is played by? That's I just fair. wanted to say. Maybe hasn't occurred It does feel yet. at this point that that's, a lot of that stuff is performance captured, especially yep. with facial stuff. Somebody's head is out there. Yes, exactly. They've cast somebody as a sort of rep. Like I saw that she's like official convention tall vampire lady you know you, you've probably seen her on uh, instagrams and tiktoks doing sketches she's a model and she's seven she, foot something she or not six just foot nine cosplayer or, dressing as her though i think there was she's not the actual some, face likeness they, um, i could be wrong but i feel like there was some there's official an olympian, connection i think there's a six foot nine olympian i think who has been dressing up as her 
And maybe they're using her for live events, but I don't know if she was the likeness model for the game. I, I know who you're talking about, and that is who I am talking about. I'm not saying that she was the likeness model. I'm saying this is who yeah. they're using for events. She's she's a bit shorter than the character in the game, though, and that's just lazy. The character's supposed to be nine foot tall. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean... Lazy. It, lazy. Is it... <laughs> Is it is it is it Robert Wadlow was the largest man? Robert Wadlow. Um he was called the Giant of Illinois. There's a handsome family song about it. Is it the handsome family? Eight foot eleven. Why didn't they get him to play her? Wow. Still too short. Um, That's he he's still too died short. in nineteen forty. Still too short. That's why. And I think they buried him in concrete so people wouldn't steal his bones. Oh, one of those that's things. Sad. That's grim. <laughs> They could have cremated him. That and they put a stake through his heart because they thought he was a giant vampire. No, no, no that last part. <laughs> Redact the last part. They could have, yeah, that's actually. Do you know when you're cremated? I just got to get it in here because I don't know enough people know. Mm. Bone, it's not your ashes? Your bones don't burn. Those aren't your ashes. Yeah, I know that, yeah. They grind up your bones. What do they do with the bones? They grind them up and that's what your ashes are. They grind. They grind the bones? up your bones to powder, and that's what your ashes are. Your ashes aren't your cremated remains. Your your ashes are bone your ground dust. bones, ground up bone dust. That's okay. Well, I haven't heard it put like that. That's horrific. It's not horrific. Let's... I mean, you're dead, but it, it's just the fact that people, a lot of people, think that their it's it's their entire body, you know, burnt burnt ashes, and it's that's yeah. not what it is. But it's 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 bone dust. Actually, that's that's pretty. That's actually cooler. Bone dust. That's a great name for a superhero. I'm, I'm going to go. I have to go. I'm going to We're going to have to censor that on the podcast just so the name isn't given away. Bone dust. Yeah. Bones. Bones. You go nowhere. Bones is ready. Let's do three yeah. minutes of Randy Savage <laughs> impressions. <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. These I got you for three minutes. Group of people. Three minutes of who think that we're good at this going to keep going oh, no. right in if you know what he's talking about <laughs> do, you, do you know what he's talking about Aiden? all our socials so are at the endless cast at gmail <laughs> endless cast at gmail endless cast on twitter endless cast on instagram um yeah i know i know Don't what you're talking about um it's a weird it's, weird scene it's, brilliant. it's great it's brilliant god i so spoke quotable. to a, i spoke to a friend of mine uh we, he was visiting here and stuff and we uh, brian met him timmy b uh, we went for a drink with his dad. Remember with your dad, Brian? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. was cool. And we, uh, Timmy and I, basically just spent a week talking like bone saw and Family Guy quotes. It was, it was awful, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Kevin, your hair is is getting a bit bone saw. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I'm turning heel. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I, I, I took a picture and I sent it to him. I don't know yesterday because I just had like a big like razor and moan kind of Mick, Mick Foley vibes. It's a bit bone saw. You just need you need to like turn red and get loads of you know veins popping out um <laughs> <coughs> excuse me i tried to hold my breath oh god i'm very dizzy now yeah <laughs> so i'm gonna bring us into the uh the superhero stuff we talk about Woo. so invincible this week saw the guardians of the globe the new guardians of the globe recovering from the the battle that they had last week with battle beast uh, mark is kind of shattered his confidence is shot he's trying to just get a glimpse of what a normal life would look like for him by going visiting a college with his girlfriend eve is giving up on the superheroic thing because and they kind of hit it more maybe it's how you read it um but i felt like they hit it better in the comic where she sort of goes 
I physically rearrange atoms mm. to be whatever I need them to be and I'm out punching supervillains. I could be irrigating fields. I could be building homes for people. Mm. I could be doing... She could be doing real good in the world and instead she's out hitting people in the face and flying around in, in um, one pieces. Um, so there is... It's a nice little piece of logic to see. I remember reading the comic going, oh yeah, I suppose she's absolutely right. break um, all of that in a couple of episodes when she ends up punching people in the face again though. I mean Yes. It's a great point. Great observation by her, but she's just But she's gonna be brought back into she's it. She's gonna end up punching people in the face. Also, why why punch people in the face? Why not just like rearrange their face with your powers? Why doesn't she do that? I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. I, I carry on, Aiden. <laughs> Mark's mom is continuing to investigate Omni-Man. Is that it? Have I hit the beats of the episode there? Um, well, and then, and then Mark and Amber have... Uh, they break up, essentially, don't they? Yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah. And William finds out that he's... He's invincible. Um, I think what I'm going to do when I edit this is I'm going to pause when you say William finds out he's... And then I'm going to I was about ineffectively to say, I was about to say, can we, put a can title we, card can we on make that gag? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, so, so William is invincible. What? William, William has found out. out that Mark is invincible. <laughs> no, no, because no, because I was just hang on, because you know William gets his arm cut. Yes. Then later in the episode, it's, 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 he's not even bandaged. His arm is fine. Yeah. Well, that's continuity tracking on the part of the yeah. the storyboard it's just a, team, it's I just guess. A then. Low budget show. But I was, I was, I couldn't sleep. I, I, got up I and still, I, watched, I like, don't know the budget. I don't want to call anything a low budget show. I don't want to, I don't want to call into question the effort. Let's just, let's it's go. It's a low let's, effort I, show. It's, it's what a, I would say it's though is. It's a low quality show. Which word? It's, it, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's everything. It's taken, a rushed it, show. I think this episode has taken some. It's very 40 minutes strides. and that's too long for animators. Sorry, Kevin. I just, I just keep on a cut. The off. attempt is admirable. <laughs> Um, it's, don't make animators make 40 minute episodes it's insane but you know that the it's alternative insane. would have been 20 20 minute episodes I don't I don't take the running time as a, a as a big slight against it because they'd have just there's a lot of padding there's a lot of stuff they can cut just make 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 eight great 25 minute episodes people say the same about our podcast what they don't like the Randy Savage corner. <laughs> There's a lot they could cut. Just make. I think I don't think we did 20. enough. I think we need to do more Randy Savage. The Savage Randy corner. Uh, I, I sometimes I'm like when I think back at the show, it's like, wait, was that in the comics or in the show? Uh, because they're now they're kind of like, maybe I'm wrong, but I kind of feel like they're they're doing some big, especially in the last episode, some big moves away from what happens in the books. Like the mother find the mother is finding out now that uh, Omni Man. Is is guilty or is, is yeah has has killed Guardians of the Globe, where in the books there's a big kind of fight between Mark and his dad, uh, kind of the, I think the government will end, organization. The season will end with the season will end with that fight, I think. Yeah, but it's just, but but you know what I mean. Like it's kind of like it's like that's when the mother finds out uh, when they recover Mark's body and they 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 replay the the audio from the fight to the mother, you know. And but in the show, it's just like the. The costume makers kind of in in on it now as well. Uh, the mother knows that the he he now knows that the mother knows and stuff. You know, uh, Damien 
Dark Blood or something, the Clancy Brown's character or whatever. Uh, he one of his characters. He kind of <laughs> one of yeah one of his characters. Yeah. Who he, else is he charactering? Or who, who else is he carrying? Who else is Clancy Brown voicing on the show? He's done the Mauler twins, I think. No, that's Worf. Oh no, that's sorry, that's um. No. He, he's that famous guy, Michael. I looked him up as well. He's he's um. Oh yeah, yeah sorry, you're right. He, he did somebody else though. There was an episode he's where he's doing at least things. double. Yeah, I know which guy you're on. Um, Michael Richardson or something like that. Um, but no, Clancy. Cl- there was at least one episode where Clancy Brown has done uh, two characters. I think Kevin Michael Richardson. I looked him up because he was in a scene with Robot as well, and I was like, oh, who's that voice? And I, in seeing that that was Kevin Michael Richardson last night, I then realized that Robot is Zachary Quinto. And that brings me back to, why are they paying people over the odds to do are they though? flat That's robot the voices? I, well, I mean, why are you... I, I, okay, let, 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 let's, let's even go this way. I mean, I guess it's not that fucking much, but let's say from my experience in hiring voice actors, which is small to be fair but like the difference is 100 euro for a voice actor and 500 euro for a name yeah you know and but i don't they, know they, they what that also, scales up to they can also say look who's in the episode the selling point yeah that that that's kind of my problem with the show is that it's it i think it's aiming and selling itself to be more than it can be and that's part of it is it's like this it, it wants to have like a big knee it, it, it wants to be you know a, a kind of an mcu level yeah kind of coming of age superhero story and it's like and here's look look at all the talent that is on the show and i think that's the reason they've spent it is but do you not do you not do you not think there's a slight factor i think one of you might have said it before i don't know if we said it on the podcast but uh do not think there's a kind of there's an element of well you know maybe some of them kind of know each other or whatever but it's kind of an element of like what else are we doing during a pandemic like we're not actually Completely. working so yeah do you want to do do you want to do like we send you the mic or you know you record your things and that's fine come down here it's like safe protocol whatever you can come Stop down record the table kevin leave. sorry um <laughs> i wasn't that was brian okay <laughs> my bad oh was it brian it's one thing when you're not talking I can get rid of it but while you're talking and I hitting know, yeah. the table at the same Sorry. time yeah no you got me yep uh, caught me in a lie there you did <laughs> it was not right but- sorry I derailed you go on um, but yes yeah so yeah so like, that's why I kind of think like they're probably a lot of them probably did it for like if you if you if you add up even the recurring cast if you add up like with the like excluding maybe Stephen Young if you add up the recurring cast, how many minutes they actually have over eight episodes, it's probably a weekend's work or something, you know? And I don't think it's, yeah, it kind of, like, well, this is the thing, like, we're, we're talking about the cast. So, like, it's a big talking point and, like, whatever they spent, I think it probably, that was the strategy or thinking really behind it. In. Because, I mean, like, J.K. Simmons is probably the biggest name in it. That might change Sand- now after. Sandra Oh is in it, is it? She's Sandra Oh, yeah. She's yeah, big, right? She's pretty big. She wasn't in which she wasn't in she wasn't in Whiplash, though. Oh. She wasn't in she wasn't J. Jonah Jameson. Miles Sorry. Miles Teller, he was in that. She, she's not the yellow peanut. Yeah, uh, yellow M M&M. and M. No, like Simmons is probably the biggest name in it, realistically, in terms of like film credit and Do you not think that Rogan? And... Mm. JK well, Simmons is way bigger than Rogan. 
Yeah, I see. I, I think I we're think fans of him, but I think more people would know him than Seth Rogen. I think we like J.K. Simmons. You know, we like him, but I don't I, know. I, if, I mean, like, in terms I th- of... I think we give Simmons weight. We give him clout. We give him gravitas. We we appreciate Simmons. But I think Rogan's the bigger name. Even Like, even if he... I, I, I would dismiss the assertion that he's a bigger presence in the show. He's a cameo. Point being, um, Simmons did four seasons of Korra. So, like, I don't think the... It's probably not cheap, but I don't think it's... It's probably not yeah, costing as much I, as we think either, you know? I don't want to get too bogged down in the cost of the actors thing. It's just, it is... Um, I think this is the first episode where I, I... I don't know if it was the demand for new locations going to the college, but trying to have people walking across the courtyard, I was looking at, you know, how people are moving in the layouts and stuff, and I was trying to be objective, because I'm not objective at this show. I love the comic book, and I love people trying... I, I know I've like complained about the production stuff like every episode. I don't want to. It's just it 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 pulls me out quite a bit, is what I would say. I wish they I wish I wish the studios were spending more money on it, basically. I I, 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 I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't put it on anybody actually working on it. You know? Like when I talk about the when I'm talking about like budget or production values or whatever for me, it's always, I wish the people that greenlit this didn't go, hey, we can do this really cheaply. Or, you know, if we spend the money here, it's better. It's, you know, here's a return on it. I would love for them to just say, actually, let's just make a fucking really fucking great looking. Well, that that's it. You know, I wish they had a month to do that scene rather than a week. Yeah. Yeah. Because the people doing it could do a great job. They're just doing the job they have room to do. Especially as well, like the the character designs are very complex, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're not easy to, to kind of animate with the same, they look great when you can spend enough time, like actually drawing them the way they're supposed to look when it's rushed. It's very, very telling when it's like, when the design's less stylized, it's, it's harder to get away with rushing certain frames and stuff. There, there was a Netflix show came out a couple of months back. I was kind of looking forward to it, but the design, it's its going for an, it's like Blood of the Gods, I think, kind of a mythology oh, yeah. type thing. Oh yeah, that's a powerhouse. Yeah, and I was really kind of looking forward to it, but like, it, same thing, like the designs are too complex for the amount of time they're obviously spending, and it just, it looks, it looks bad, you know, and you kind of forgive, you try to, you try to look at things on their merits, but th- there's a point for me where it's just like, ugh. I can't watch this. It's so. Um, I love what Powerhouse do. I love what they try to do, even if I don't necessarily think the end result. I just wish is... they had more money. That that's. I wish they had more time and money. That that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Given what they're trying to do, given given the the spirit of the attempts at these things, absolutely. I work in the animation industry. You've seen me attempt things, and you know the the animation we look at, or the animation my animation that you look at. You know, hopefully, is graded with the like. Um, you know, A for effort type of thing, but like Powerhouse and Skybound and Maven are definitely places where it's like I would very much like to work on the projects that you're working <laughs> on. Um, you, you're making the things I like, um, and uh, I want to be involved. I know there's a Gargoyles show coming. The the the, <gasps> the zeitgeist is warming itself up to it. How do I get onto Gargoyles? Um, I love that fucking thing. Um, 
I saw someone doing designs of gargoyles like the new Thundercats cartoon and it's like, Grand, sure, I'll take that if it's going, but I still would like sort of a powerhouse go nuts fucking mm. um uh version take of it. it yeah. Like they're doing He Man as well. I'm curious He's to see man. how that comes out. Um Kevin Smith is Kevin Smith, show yeah. running on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um It's strange that they're doing that and it's gonna be completely separate to the the She Ra character. Son of Zorn was very good. If you didn't watch that show, it's no, good. I didn't see that. What is that? Son of Zorn. So basically, it's it's ridiculous. It's like it's live action, except for I think it's Jason Sudeikis does the voice um, of Zorn, and he's just basically a rip off of He Man and Conan the Barbarian. But he's animated in a live action world, and he's kind of separated from his live action real life wife uh, and uh, his son. And uh, he's kind of trying to get back in his son's life and stuff. It's very, it's it's ridiculous, but it's so oh, good. I like, see it. It's very it's good. Like I love a, it. A, a Hanna Barbera. Yes. Yeah. Like a little Animation. bit further along than like an Anna, Alex Toth kind of design yeah. type of stuff, like um, Galtar and the Golden Lance and and um, Kazar and and stuff. Yeah, like that. it's, Kazar, it's that over the top stuff. Yeah, but uh, it's actually uh, I can't remember why I brought it up, but it's a good show. It's very very funny. It is worth watching out. We're checking out. I think it's the He-Man connection there has done that to you. How much convincing do you think they had to do to get Justin Roiland to do a burp mid-sentence? Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I was, was I was like, well, you get... you get Invincible. He's the, he's the, he's the guy... He's or whatever. Yeah, he's the guy that Ezra Miller's character kidnaps first. He's the son of the pharmaceutical guy and he's, he's trying to pick up three girls. Oh, Doug Cheston. Yeah. Uh, he said his name so many times it's stuck in my head. <laughs> so that was Justin Roiland. That was just, how did you and not Ezra hear Ezra Miller it? was DA? <laughs> yeah. I was Ezra just... Mi- Ezra Miller was the bad guy, yeah. Well, yeah, of course, but 100%, Brian, it's just like, wow, they literally got him to play a drunk a drunk guy and burp. Like, like, yeah. Did, did, he, was, like, was that he, his choice? He or? even winds up to, like, where it's very clear they were like, you got to put in, like, a, a Rick burp mid-sentence, and, and he does. I don't think that yeah. would have taken him much. Was that, was that him at the end of the episode too? Playing a different character? I can't, was it, mm, I can't remember. I can't even remember sure. what happened at the end of the episode. I just thought I heard him again. But uh, yeah, God, I didn't click the voice. It was horrible when he... You didn't click the voice. I didn't know. That's so must, insane. He's, he's, it, it, the he's funny literally thing is, doing it, his best. He's, he's Rick when he's drunk at the start and then when he's tied to the table and he's getting cut up he starts to go more because he's like what are you doing to me man what are you doing oh my god it's just <laughs> ah funny funny I am um, you see but if that if that's the case then and I'll have to go back and have a look at it I would yeah. I would wait it was funny. he found that amusing in himself oh, I, I do yeah, Rick yeah. and Morty yeah it was funny I found it funny anyway um, I didn't twig that I didn't twig it was Ezra Miller that's insane he's harder to pick up I think but yeah 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 I, I was uh, kind of just annoyed by Jonathan how Groff ludicrous from that character Mindhunter was. was Rick. I think. All right. It took me a minute to go. He's the guy, he played King George in Hamilton, right? <laughs> uh, I think so. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think I saw half an episode of Mindhunter. Is that all? But I saw Hamilton three times. I mean, I watched in the theater. No, I didn't. Um, oh. I think. Check it out. Yeah. Mindhunter. David Fincher, so, Charlize Theron produced show. 
Do you think that Charlize Theron intentionally puts on don't take this seriously hair for the Fast and Furious movies? Next question. Like, did she have braids in the first appearance that she had and now she's got this bowl cut? That was like more of a pixie cut, no? The bowl cut? I don't know. I only watched the trailer once and it's three minutes of my life I'm not getting back. That's three minutes where I could be watching Emily Blunt Cobra Pose gif. Okay, so did did you enjoy this week's episode of Invincible? I liked it more than last week, yeah. Bad Interesting. Enough. I really yeah. thought you would hated it. Yeah. Because um, I, I was I was kind of flatter on this episode. I yeah, was same. I was watching it less intently. Like last week, I was sitting down watching it, kind of waiting for it to be over. Uh, this episode, I was kind of background, kind of watching it. So maybe that's why. <laughs> I was listening to it rather than watching it, and it it, it improved my enjoyment immensely. Oh man! I again, I I love the comics. I love the art direction of it. I when they when they get the room to put the money into the scenes they want to put the money into, I think it's good. Um, I I I have issues with some of the performance choices, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I'm still enjoying it. And we'll keep going. I liked that episode. I thought it was very sad when the one guy took his helmet off and he had no nose. And then he you mean himself. Doug Cheston? Yes, Doug Cheston. Doug Cheston had Justin no nose. Justin Roiland had himself. no nose. He had no nose and he killed himself, and that was very sad. That was very sad. Imagine that. See, I can't, I'm just keep on getting confused at the comics. Sometimes, you know, it's just like when I think back of it, it's just like, wait, was that the comic or the show? That's my only issue. So, like the the show is uh, moving, and it's a couple of frames per second, and then the. The comic is like a storyboard. <laughs> it's a couple of frames per second. Throwing shade yeah. on the uh, frame rate. Yeah. Not at all. I'm just but, saying. But, but that, see, like, that's but, the key but, difference, Kev, is the book is mm-hmm. still images. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like it's like a really detailed storyboard. Mm-hmm. And then the show is uh, It's moving. like a perfunctory version of the moving uh-huh. yeah. image. Perf- yes, yes, yes. But you see, my helps. issue there... But well, no, because my issue is when I think back about comics and I think about certain scenes in comics, it's animated in my head, so it doesn't help. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't you, think though. back. I mean, so. Yeah, I know. Well, it is my fault, but I don't think back and be like, oh, like that panel. I do sometimes, but if I was thinking back, like say, Civil War, and when Goliath is it comes out and he gets killed by Robot Thor. In the comics, spoilers. Robot Thor. Yes, isn't it? Is there yeah. a robot Thor? Yeah, there's a clone there robot Thor in the comics yeah. Civil War. Yeah. But in my head, I, 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 if I was to go over that scene in my head, I see that animated. Does, does, does that, do you not do that? Oh, no, I, I know what you're saying. Like, I definitely remember as a kid watching like Marx Brothers movies and then thinking about them after the fact and going, that was definitely in color, right? Can, can we all close our eyes and picture, a bana- or picture an apple in our mind? Yes. Aiden, yes, it's red. I don't know that I can. Really? Yeah, I, I, I was, I've been thinking about this because I saw a video of somebody phrasing that as well. And it's like I've always assumed I can picture the thing in my head because I draw, I picture things, and I draw them. But in trying to do that, that moment, I was like, am I picturing the thing or am I describing the thing in words in my head? Can you see I'm an thinking apple it through in your head, in your mind's eye? <sighs> I can, and I can see 360. I can even pick it up in my hand. I mean, and look I, I guess it. if I have to think about it, the answer is no, right? Um, I don't know. I mean, can you see it? <laughs> can you see it, Brian? Yeah. 
Yeah, I can see the apple. Right into uh, the endless <laughs> cast the on Twitter or Instagram if you see the apple. All right, so so tell us, leave a comment, leave a comment. Tell us, are you, do you have hyperphantasia or aphantasia? Aiden would be aphantasia by the sounds of it. If you are seeing an apple in your head, try and do a drawing of it and send it to us on Twitter at, at the endless cast. Oh yeah, we're on um, Twitter. Just because you can see it doesn't mean you can draw it though, because that takes. Skin. Yeah, because I I can see a submarine. I watched King King Jung Ju. What's what's uh, King Kim? Kim I feel like I'm editing this. Kim Jung Ji. No, no, no. It's, I'm being I'm being sincere. Uh, what's the guy? <laughs> Let's get the name right and have you say it once. What's first, his name? Okay? Kim Jun Gi. Jung Gi. Yeah. I was watching. I was watching just a. a, a it was I think it was like an hour and a half long. I just had it on in the background, but um, uh, him drawing, you know. Oh man, he just like he was drawing a guy in a motorbike, right? And like the motorbike, yeah, it was like parts of it looked more scooterish, and it was definitely kind of like issues, say, in terms of perspective or certain things. But the fact that he can draw so much from his head and get it so right is insane. It's like it's like he just sees it once, and he kind of has a good, 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 good grasp of the inner workings of it, and it's nuts. It is nuts. But it's it's like from, you know. Study. repetitive practiced study yeah. oh yeah it's it's like i totally know that the guy obviously like labors to get this good and like you know it's, it is because he draws 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 however all i'm saying is like he can draw pretty much anything like, oh yeah 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 get competently but like you know not, not not taking away that or you know not like not removing all his work and his effort and stuff it's just like watching it and it's just like seeing it come out live and stuff it's just it's just like magic, you know. It's like it's just like. Were you watching? Was it a time lapse or? No, it was just real time. Real time. Him drawing a guy in a motorbike. Just because I've, I've watched it, I've watched him a couple of times. Time lapse and it's great. But if you yeah, yeah, like I've watched him time lapse and it didn't occur to me that it was kind of you know at maybe double or triple speed. Um, yeah, you watch yeah. him draw other times, and I think it's important to kind of realize he draws. Not that he can't draw quickly, but there's a lot of the time when he's doing those kind of stuff, he's drawing pretty slowly because he's he, you, mm. you can see him like thinking you know, about it, thinking and solving before mm. he kind of mm. commits to to the thing he's doing next. Um, yeah, I've, I've watched a couple of videos where I've kind of forgotten that it's it is sped up quite a bit. Um, you kind of Jesus Christ, look at that! It's incredible. Um, he's quite deliberate about it, so it's kind of important, I think, to. So just to clarify for the listeners here, we're talking about the artist Kim Jong-gi. He has a website called uh, kimjonggius.com. You'll find videos of him on YouTube. He's um, he's just fascinating to watch draw. He uh, if you're if you're artistically inclined at all, check out Super Annie as well. Super A and I. That's the the kind of school where him and a bunch of other artists are kind of from, and there's a lot of tutorials and kind of teaching materials they have available as well um, I, I keep telling myself he, he's he's deaf I mean there's a sketch somewhere there's a preliminary sketch he's done somewhere and then he sits down and draws right I mean either that or you know he sits there and decides I'm going to draw a motorbike I'm going to draw people cutting up sushi I'm going to draw a guy in a gas mask a firefighter a helicopter and a dog and then he sets about it but do you think it just occurs to him as he's doing it and he just lays it down or I think in those big pieces he does he is just just drawing for fun I don't think he's really planned it out wow. um, there's other pieces that are kind of more 
thematic where he's probably kind of got an idea in his head what he's going to what he might like to draw but I think for the most part for those big pieces I think it's just a, kind of a demo and it's just I could draw this guy on the floor fixing and those big pieces as well are often demonstrations of um, perspective. Like he's picking extreme angles and like he does a lot of demos with sort of boxes heading towards vanishing points and then drawing within them and understanding structures as they exist, rotate and foreshorten. You know, he, he's, they're very demonstrative pieces. Um, just to sum up on the last thing, you enjoyed the episode of Invincible. A little more than last week. I, week's I Brian, liked it more than last week. Even just by not watching it. Kevin, did you enjoy it? Mm-hmm. Kevin enjoyed it. Um, I probably enjoyed the week before's episode more, but uh, this was a bit more of a kind of like a slower paced type of thing, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, but this was a nice sort of pausey teen, like let him let him get his world together kind of moment of an episode. So that's going to bring us on then to The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode I, five. I loved it. thought it was great. You on the same page as that, Brian? Yeah, yep. Um, really enjoyed it. Maybe I maybe didn't love it as much as Kev, but yeah, that doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy the episode or like it. I liked a lot in it. It was setting up the finale, and I think it did that well. Yeah. You know? I think I think I have like only one real issue with it, and it kind of like it hasn't really been much of an issue for me throughout the show. But I kind of I don't know like if you guys thought the same thing. But basically, Flag Smashers and their leader. I just I don't know. It's like I'm, I think I find it harder to kind of buy to a degree. I think she's a little bit all over the place. I, th- I think what's kind of become clear, like over the couple of weeks, I don't know if you guys have seen the same kind of speculation, but. There was essentially like a pandemic plot line that they had to rewrite effectively um, because of the real, real world pandemic. So, but that just a coincidence, but, essentially. Yeah, and I, I think I think essentially that that there's a lot of the flag smasher plot line is chopped up and kind of repurposed so that it's hitting much less heavily on the. The pandemic thing, like you, you'll notice that they they said like Mama Danye had tuberculosis, yeah. and they mm. cast a pretty, pretty kind of not a big name actress necessarily, but not a they didn't cast a nobody to play her, and then she didn't have like a single line. I don't think she was supposed to play a much more prominent part, but she, I think in the original plot they had, it wasn't tuberculosis; it was something to do with when, when the snap bought everybody back that you've got this massive amount of displaced people mm. all of a sudden and like that's how essentially like a lot of and, and, and kind of outbreaks begin and essentially there, there was a pandemic storyline in there that they it relates very heavily to the flag smashers and they've had to like almost excise it completely and repurpose it and I, I think that's why I think it makes sense like the, the, the thing I was saying and, and then you've said yourself is like the flag smasher stuff it just it is all over the place. It's kind of hard to, to understand why there's such a threat or why Carly mm. is... So righteous know. about things to a degree. and Yeah, and like why why even, you know, she just doesn't come across as, like, no fault of the actress or anything, but she she just doesn't come across as like being this very charismatic person who would unite mm, mm. that many people. Uh, and, that, and I think that's, that's more because they've well cut, because... cut 
that's odd as well because she's played this character in Solo and this show. The yep. two biggest things we've seen her in, somebody obviously believes that this woman can charismatically lead an insurrection yeah. group. Who do you think would be a better cast, a uh, better uh, actor for the role? I, I'm going to say it's more to do with the fact that they've had to chop her really line. chop up the storyline and mm. I'm going to kind of... Because I don't think she's bad. It's just we haven't seen enough to believe or understand why so if i'm trying to then take that and i'm I'm doing this on the fly here based on you bringing that up i my first two attempts at what that story would be is we would have seen a lot more suffering and a lot more disease-ridden displaced people that would make us feel for her a lot more going into the terrorist acts that she goes about but because of the pandemic they felt the need to, to soften that and as a result it softened her character that's a bit disappointing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alternatively, you've got a character who potentially, in feeling, show whatever suffering you want to do and um, whatever injustices. Um, alternatively, you're looking at a person whose world was better when half the population was gone, who could then be seen to set out stealing something from the power broker that could kick off a pandemic and eliminate half the people on the planet. Mm-hmm. Mm. So... That's two angles that I can see as being very straight lines for writers um, to to make this character either sympathetic down to suffering um, or, you know, has a, like, the concept of, um, that's a hell of a threat. You know, we just got 50% of the, the world's population back and here's somebody who wants to eliminate them again. Um, and suddenly that becomes um, a real threat of a character. I'd imagine though the real purpose of her is if the show is about power and who should wield it and whether anybody has a right to wield it at all and essentially that you know anybody who wants to seize it or thinks they're justified in wielding it is a John Walker end of of it of that kind of scale and then on the other side you've got somebody like sam who we've seen twice now show real compassion and empathy and show that this is why he's the this is why he's the person who should be kind of picking up steve's mantle it's not about it's not about thinking you're the best person or it's the desire to do not even right but to it's the desire to help and and restore kind of balance and kind of assist people and that's that's why steve ultimately steve didn't want the power because he just wanted to get involved and that's why he was the person that they gave it to and that's why that's why we ended up with with the cap and the thing then is like yeah you've got the two ends of it like who who deserves to wield that power you've got sam and john walker and then in the middle you've got somebody who also wants to help and is she doing more harm than good and i think effectively then it's going to come down to how do you bring that person in and is it going to be sam's way or is it going to be is it going to be john walker's way and then you've got on like we even within that then sam's partner is, is bucky who as zemo said is like you understand like that the only way to kind of rectify this type of thing is to is to just bring it to an end but i think i think that's ultimately what her character that's the purpose she was supposed to serve was that you've got two people two people on opposite ends of like you know, wanting to pick up the mantle effectively and 
who deserves it and it, it, it who deserves it comes down to how they how they solve a problem like Carly. <laughs> how do you solve a problem like Carly? So I'm I'm gonna give us a quick um I'm just going to give us a quick overview of the beats of the episode. And again, I mean, I think we say it at the start as well. These these are spoiler-heavy conversations. And I just want to, rather than painstakingly address each note, I just want us to get a, an overview on the record here, and then we'll talk around it. Um, the show opens with John Walker running from what he's done, confronted by Sam and um, Bucky. They take the shield. John Walker is stripped of his title. And then Julia Louis-Dreyfus walks in. <laughs> She's a power broker. Then I have it in all caps with multiple exclamation marks. Julia Louis-Dreyfus shows up. I, I love Julia Louis-Dreyfus. That scene was... A little clunky. A bit yeah. clunky. Oh, I liked it. But then I, 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 you know... These shoes aren't made for walking. I think that's very much... That's setting up the Secret Invasion show. I think that's seeding that, I'd imagine. Yeah. Right. That's my guess. You think she, she, is a, she is a power broker, yes? Okay. I don't know. I don't know. No, I don't think so. I think that's Sharon. I think that's, um, I think that's it Sharon. It seems... It, I was trying to work out the logic that I was like, if it is Sharon, why is she sending help to... Or is she sending Batroc to help Carly when she's been threatening Carly for the last four episodes? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't think of that. I'm sure there's a reason if it is, but... Just that, that was one of the, yeah, I haven't really kind of, you know, done much theorizing about that, but what would be her reason for, I don't know. We then get a lot of time with Sam and his family. He tra- training to become Cap. There's a bit of Bucky stuff with the Wakandans and Zemo. A good scene with Isaiah and Sam. Mm, really brilliant. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm hitting all of these things mainly because I want to come back to the idea that I I didn't like that episode. Um, I got really bored. I hit pause at one point and um, looked at the fact that I had 40 minutes left on it. And when I was thinking about it after the fact and thinking about it this morning, I liked all of the elements of it. Mm-hmm. I just think they 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 hit the thing that we were looking for way too early. Yeah, I would have. There's definitely fallout from what Walker's done. He's definitely got to be stripped of his title. Definitely a confrontation where he has to get that shield back. But I would have built to that at the end of the episode. I would have debriefed from what the hell just happened. The guy got killed. The attack got ran. Go home. The the mantle of Captain America's been sullied in some degree. He has to go and talk to Isaiah and they talk about the pros and cons of wanting to be Captain America. Then gone and got the shield off of John as the sort of end of the episode. But then we wouldn't Um, see him training with it. And I think that was kind of important because it, it's kind of his acceptance. Well, well, all right, of, middle of know. the episode, middle of the episode, they get the shield back and then we get the training stuff, you know. Um, but I just, for me, I think they, they blew that big fight between Sam and Bucky and John Walker very, very early in the show. And then the rest of it's just set up, up for episode, as you say yeah. the season finale yep. with Carrie and we Carly we've 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 gone five episodes going this person isn't engaging as a villain mm-hmm. and I'm not really invested or whatever and they did this scene and I was trying to figure out what it took me a moment to figure out what they were going for the scene in the park where Batroc comes along and brings the good brings the weapons mm. to her 
And she goes, but we're everywhere. And she whistles and the people in the park show stand up. There are equivalent scenes in, in various action movies like that before when, um, say, uh, Sherlock Holmes' Book of Shadows where Irene Adler and Jared Harris are meeting in the restaurant. Um, Moriarty are meeting in the restaurant at the start of it. And she thinks she's safe amongst the crowd and he tingles a cup and everybody stands up and leaves. There's... I know what they were going for the the illusion that suddenly you're surrounded by supporters that you didn't realize were there but that moment didn't hit for me it was very vague I don't know if they needed more compressed uh geography kind of yeah yeah, yeah. more like more enclosed sense of geography more compressed lens so you get a sense of more people around you the space is tighter and the people that you had dismissed in their proximity because they're just bystanders suddenly you realize these people are really close and oh my god they're all on the same page as us it it was such a wide open park that that moment didn't hit like they wanted to mm. or at least I, I think they wanted to so i liked seeing um sam training with the shield i still think the science <laughs> i still think throwing that shield around is mental the shield um, does whatever it needs to do in any given scene <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yep. Don't question the logic yeah. of the shield. <laughs> I like John Walker. I think he's doing a great he's doing job great. playing this yep. deranged. Um, it's imposter syndrome. It's and maybe it's my own imposter syndrome that's feeling sympathetic to it. But you see him going to see his friends, um, parents, and you know, telling them that he did what he needed to do, and them feeling love towards him, and him feeling the guilt that they love him. And that he's not quite living up to what he says he is, you know, but people are still believing in him. The 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 conflict that I see him him is very real, and I think he's doing a great job. Um I just I think it's just the way the episode was ordered. I don't give a fuck about fixing his damn boat. <laughs> I don't care about the boat. The I think that was just to show the kind of growing appreciation that the two of them have for each other and that you know they might snipe at each other and stuff like that but despite that yeah. they actually do like each other and, and do get along and I think I think it was a, I think it was a convenient way to show that that yeah. like when they're working towards a similar goal uh, especially when it's something they can do quietly <laughs> that they can actually mm. enjoy each other's company you know that's what it was for me at least yeah I, I get what you're saying that it was like a happy montage but I think that was kind of a good visual shorthand for like how do we get to the scene where they're actually having a constructive conversation and respecting each other when they're throwing the shield next time it's like well it's because they've done the boat together yeah. you know and and I don't and I, I'm aware I'm going off on a bit of a rant on this one um, but again I don't I ultimately I don't have issues with the scene and yeah, I yeah. understand the purpose of it I, get you. Like the, I, I, I did like the moment where he goes why didn't you use the arm and he goes oh, I'm right handed I think I kind of felt the same thing I guess because like I said I I didn't love it as Kev did but I didn't dislike it but it did feel it felt maybe a little perfunctory maybe you know? oh my god <laughs> if if we had gone from the the death at the hands of Captain America to you know John Walker disappears he's got the shield Sam and um, Bucky I keep forgetting his name I want to call him Sebastian um, Sam and Bucky go home for a bit they have the boat thing um, 
or no, I mean, Sam and Bucky go home for a bit. Sam goes to talk to Isaiah to see, like, do I even want this role? What does this mean for me? How do I connect with my family? Brings him back to the boat. Then they decide we got to go and get that shield back, you know, mm. and then you have your fight and you have him being stripped of his title at the end of it. Yep. And, you know, I think that gets us to a point where um, he's got the shield back. We get their training montage. And it's it's just that I think they blew that big moment that they built from episode four in the first two minutes, three minutes of this episode. And then it's just like all, I don't know, foreplay for episode six. Would audience have waited that long for a resolution, particularly with no other action occurring for the first half? Would they be going, why haven't they still dealt with this? massive thing from the end of the last episode you know i'd imagine it was maybe a kind of a toss-up i think basically if they had another kind of action beat in there which obviously couldn't be the montage because it has to come after it they get the shield back but if i had another action beat basically that maybe they could have put at the start instead maybe walker escaping if that was its own if they tried to apprehend him right there in the scene and he escapes and that's its own thing that might have then served leading up to the middle where they're saying, yeah, look, we got to get it back. And then that's in the middle. And that might've worked better, I guess. I was bored. And I don't think I was bored because the elements were wrong. I think I was bored because they're in the wrong order. Yeah. The pacing in the order. Yeah. Yeah. I still like everybody in the damn thing. And I still want them to be, to be um, wishful thinking of a, of a great payoff in episode six. I want to see what Julia Louis-Dreyfus does. I like her. I'm rewatching yeah. Seinfeld at the moment as well. I don't think she'll be back next episode. I think if we see her again, it'll probably be a post-episode scene mm. to set Did up. Did you get to the post-episode scene with Walker making yeah, the shield? Yeah, making the shield, yeah. 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 I mean, I'm watching it and it's just like, he can make the shield and that's fair enough, but like, kind of, it's it's not Viberium or Viberium. Vibranium. vibranium yeah so it's just like yeah. uh, like it's like kind of he may as well just be throwing around a bin lid yeah this is true and I googled that character a bit this morning and I saw some images of him carrying a shield that's like bullet scuffed and got holes and breaks in it and it's like oh kind of okay, fair. works that he's like it's a little more temporary a little more scuffed up a little more I'll get a new shield next mission you know I did I did um, when I was watching it uh, now I could be wrong and maybe I don't know, but like, when was was anybody else like kind of like I feel sorry for Zemo. Oh yeah, you know yeah. Br- um, Brill, Brill does a great job playing him. Yeah, yeah, he's brilliant. But um, I was just gonna say it's like because his family died when Ultron attacked, right? And he 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 lifted the la- the land up or the island up, or whatever it was, and like his family were killed in that, right? Uh, he obviously comes from a privileged background and all that kind of stuff, but it's just it's funny because like, kind of, the Punisher's family can get can get caught in a crossfire between gangs in a park, and the Punisher can wage a one man war to the point where I think even in the comic books at one stage, it's on the desk in the old office, it's like some letter I think, and he opens up and it's like the Punisher's watching him or something like that. It's just funny how Zemo can be a bad guy for doing what he did, but someone with a similar narrative. 
could be a good guy like the punisher could kill the leader of t'challa because he thinks he's wrong in what he did but if you're reading it from that perspective and you're going along with the protagonist in that sense you could justify it yeah completely yeah. Yeah. zemo's struggles could be that of a superhero except he's vilified now again he's wrong and like the punisher there's times where he's like really wrong you know what i mean like it's funny how one book could be a villain and one could be a hero you know the Punisher is often represented as, you know, a mentally ill man who's on a uh, an illegal war. <laughs> you know, like he is, he is an anti-hero. Yes, I know. Look, at, I know. At the same I know. Time. But um, he's also been that co-opted actually, by some horrible, horrible movements in America. I know. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm, I'm talking about before. I'm talking about. I yeah, know, I know. Of course. Yeah. yeah. The, the, there's a version of him where he's got white boots and gloves. That one's cool. Yes. You know, that that Punisher. Great. Yeah, I know what you're saying. That's the fun Punisher. Kind of everything after that is the has, like I said, it's been co-opted by, yeah, deplorables. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, which and like you know, and even like kind of Marvel have spoken out about that, and um, I think your man John Bertel or whatever, he's even spoken about it. It's really unfortunate that it has been taken and and twisted. Like it's like one of those things, is it though? Like oh, you pick you pick the biggest, most badass kind of vigilante anti-hero in the universe and make his insignia like uh represent you it's just like you're nothing like you know like he'd he'd hate people like you can you imagine if that happened with batman yeah it could happen don't 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 jinx it don't jinx i know it. yeah i, I know <laughs> it'd be so shut up please please i have so many batman branded <laughs> outfits i don't need to suddenly be a, a walking hate crime can you imagine though like that's it's it's crazy that that that's effectively like they said hey you know this like yeah that they, i that's something like i i know i know kev you kind of like more some of the more gritty punisher stories but that's where for me i think it was kind of irresponsible to write that version of the character to like let's write a really gritty dark violent version because that's my wheelhouse and to go there and take the character there because a lot of people did completely misinterpret it. Mm, you know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I totally, it, got, I totally get that. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, and, and, and obviously like both, you know, like someone like you can love those stories and love that character and not be a piece of shit, but it's just at the same time, it, it's, it's like I said, that, that version of the character was, he's, he's budget Batman. You know, and that's what's cool about him. He, he's got a van, and he's got he's got white gloves and white boots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm very fond of that era. Yeah, I yeah. love the that micro, the microchip like era I, and stuff. And yeah, like yeah. that. That's a cool. That's a that's a fun, cool Punisher. He can still he can that, he can still be that lends itself and, to an A Team style TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the guy in the van. I I, I loved Burnthal in season two of Daredevil, but where they took it next, it was just like no interest just fucking leave me out this is I've not watched season dull. 2 of yeah, Punisher yet just... mm-hmm. I use Punisher as an example because like Zemo killed the leader to uh, Wakanda you know uh, yeah and I'm pretty sure but I'm like I could be wrong guys like I'll be really wrong but like I was sure in a Punisher story that he, he essentially does threaten the president and it's just like you're essentially like the same people the I saw and again it, it's the slowness of me to recognize the effect of the concept of five years later um but i just just now fucking twigged this morning t'challa was gone for five years and i did a little googling as well and going they've said that shuri was gone as well so the ruling family of wakanda 
was gone for five years. So who the hell was in charge for those five years? Who be- who took on the mantle of Black Panther? It kind of does open that up because without a, a king, somebody yeah, steps true. up. I mean, is it the is it the mountain tribe or the the river tribe or Umbaku? He was brilliant. Somebody had to have stepped up for five years. So there was a Black Panther, mm-hmm. and it's not that I'm happy Will that they they've kind the of got a narrative. The five years. They still got to address him at some point because five years later, there's a reason he's not there. And there was there was people talking about like apparently they were thinking uh, Black Panther would appear in this episode, and I, I was just like I think it's far too soon to be CGIing that man and stuff. No, they're they're not going there at all. Yeah. No, that's yeah. what I said. That's what yeah. I said. I was just like, no way. If you if you think of the business of it, the commercial logic of it. Brian's 100% correct. They can, in the same way that they've done with the Black Widow and the same way that they did with Captain Marvel, they can make their money setting a Black Panther movie during the five years mm-hmm. of the blip. There's your, there's your Black Panther 2. And then when they need a Black Panther for the Avengers, they can pull him up like they pull up Paul Rudd's Ant-Man as opposed to calling up uh, uh, Michael yeah, Douglas's yeah. Ant-Man. You know, it's just... West Coast Avengers they can mm. they can one line you know T'Challa's off world he's in Atlantis uh, who did, so like because obviously like in this in this episode there was uh, people saying oh it's going to be a big cameo blah blah I'd imagine it was Dreyfus yep um, she was a big heavy hitter yeah. but they said like they'd like this person or it, it grounds the universe more or something and they'd like to see this person go no to- all, all he was saying was that the character coming up it's kind of a big, it's a big cameo in terms of the actress, but the character they're play, the character, the character they're playing is a grounded MCU oh, yes, character, I understand. and that it'd be fun to see them paired up then with the, with your more ridiculous tour yeah. or who have you? Yeah, you know? yeah, because like I, I kind of thought like to the degree if the if that's the big um whatever and I, it's funny because you say grand and i was thinking like yeah she's probably, she's female nick fury kind of you know yeah but she's a bit she could be evil. maybe more of a villainous yes, side yeah. yeah exactly but um and i love the way she gets into the character as a blank character like i just i kind of i love how she's eccentric <laughs> I, I to be honest yeah, like, i actually she, liked her she, she, she played the scene great the, yeah. like yeah I, I i thought it was clunky in terms of the tonal shift basically yeah you know yeah. especially to go from like the scene that was right before basically yeah. and then I liked but she played it really well yeah like she's I, I kind of love that she, she was bringing you know the, the Selena Meyer energy from Veep to it as like perfect mm. uh, Veep is Veep is amazing that Luke Skywalker moment in the Mandalorian season 2 seems to have messed with people's expectations of what a Disney Plus show needs to do mm-hmm. and it's the same well, thing I didn't like, with I didn't WandaVision like as well Luke where Skywalker's, I didn't like Luke Skywalker Mandalorian so it's alright but, but in terms of people are now waiting for the next big reveal like uh, a Luke Skywalker level cameo and it's like especially because the movies the MCU movies have primed us for those type of moments so we're just expecting them even though nowhere did they did they promise any of that it's just like but you do it in the movies do it now (laughs) and the thing is as well if you go back and I'm, I'm trying to think if I'm being a Nitpicky. bit reductive here, but if you if you look at the initial dings post credits, like 
some of them are pretty fucking vague, you know, like like oh, yeah. Coulson showing up in the hammer in the in the field. It's like if you're not a Marvel fan at that point in time, you don't necessarily know that that means Thor is mm, coming. Yeah, of course. It's, you know, and the world wasn't a Marvel yeah. fan at that point. Yeah. So these these cameos, these hints, these stings, like that character, Countess, whatever the hell to what. If you're a deep cut Marvel guy, that means something to you, you know. But in the same way that. You know, the only uninitiated in 2011 seeing a hammer in a fucking... I, I think crater. the difference is now, though, that, like, there's a big MCU audience and they'll hear that character's name. They'll know it's got to be somebody big because it's Dreyfus and the way they've introduced her and they will go straight to Wiki and then read the entire backstory and then start speculating. What's that mean? Where's that coming in next? That, but that... that that's part of like, fun. like I was saying a couple of weeks ago there, there's a lot of people who haven't read the comics just watch the movies and they get as into the the theorizing and speculation that way as opposed to like oh you know there was this story or that story there's people out there who will hear that character not not, yeah. not have a clue who it is and the difference being you know a couple of years ago where they see a hammer and go I don't know what that means and now they go I don't know who this person is but I'm going to look him up yeah yeah Google and I start yeah. wondering speculating and it works it, it drives the the conversation about the about where, where the show's going next that concept or that culture has led to the point that like i've been talking about invincible and i'm watching invincible on prime and now on my youtube feed i have omni man the complete history videos and i'm seeing reaction videos for the invincible coming up and it's going who is watching invincible why does nobody know that mark's dad is omni man um I think some people do at this point, but they haven't revisited since he said it publicly. Like the the team team and the guardians will know that Mark. I mean, I mean, and I William mean, will put it together now. Yeah, but before that, like, why would they? Because he's not he's not Clark Kent. He's not wearing glasses. <laughs> why is nobody going that that famous writer? That famous oh, science sorry, fiction yes, writer point. looks exactly like Omni Man. That's a that's a fair point, yeah. That's a fair that's a that's a hundred percent fair point. Um but my my um what my point there was I I'm annoyed that I'm getting a YouTube video. Like who's watching Invincible going, I love this show, I'm curious to see where it goes next. Let me watch a YouTube video that goes a through fifteen years of, of comics and lays out the entire plot for me. A lot of people. That's that's half of YouTube's traffic, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's so that's, fucking mad. Yeah, no, that, that, that's what people... And if they like that enough, then based on this, you know, video they watch, then they will maybe go out and buy buy some comics or something. But for the most part... But then you know the whole fucking story. It doesn't matter. Spoilers Spoilers aren't as big a deal as we think they are. They're really not. Spoilers are only a huge thing if there's like a, a significant... Sixth Sense. Reveal that maybe you don't see coming. That's the only time, yeah. and, and even then, spoilers spoilers don't really actually spoil. When when you find it out before you actually find it out for yourself, you're disappointed because it's like, oh, I would have liked to know that. But if you go then and watch the thing, you'll still pretty much it, it. It it's kind of been shown that they don't actually reduce your your enjoyment of the thing. Yeah, and they don't. So, what do we expect of the? finale i hope it doesn't get too dark nice there's a scene of walker running down the street and it just looks it looks like ledger in the dark night when batman's racing towards him on the bat pod and he's just straight away just reminded me of that i hope it's not too much like that because it's going to be set in new york presumably 
on the street. Can I, I, have, a, I have a question actually. Uh, so the GRC, they're a, gov- they're a government body within the show or whatever, um, yep. that are... Big conference yeah, room. that are trying to decide what to do with the people who returned after the blip. And they're, but they're calling all these people refugees or whatever it is. Displaced. So like, but like, it's like kind of like, doesn't matter like if you were, you know, if, if Brian disappeared and he came back, like basically there's an issue there and they're trying to decide what to do with him and all the rest of them basically. Yep. Basically. And what, the, what, and, what and what's, what like, and like obviously the Flag Smashers aren't happy with them. Mm-hmm. So my understanding from the Flag Smashers point of view is they would have been, say, um, pre-blip, they would have been refugees, displaced migrants or whatever that were not Uh welcome into America or were not welcome into Europe or were not welcome into sort of whatever country they were trying to get into. And then suddenly with half the global population gone, there was gaps in housing and labor and and healthcare and all of these markets. And suddenly Mm -hmm, these people mm -hmm. that are otherwise marginalized got welcomed into um, very Uh needy societies and given homes and given jobs and given livelihoods. And now suddenly all these people come back and say, get out of my apartment. I haven't been here in five years. Get out of my apartment, get out of my life, give me my money. And these people are like, hold on, we were here for five years. You don't get to just boot us out. Um, what do you do in that situation? Uh, well, yeah, but, and what is the government's opinion? They want to just, they want to get rid of all these people, basically, isn't it? They're like, they're being well, horrible. I don't it. think that we've seen a clear um, policy statement from the GRC <laughs> other than trying to help. But like, that's vague as fuck. And we know that from... Um, migrant situations the world over at the moment you know that yeah that yeah. it's a very messy um i think it's basically like a, process. a humanitarian crisis but it's on mm-hmm. a global scale so much yeah. the way that you know you try to get resources and help and things to to um you know whether it's rwanda or syria or something like that imagine that now on a global scale and just being fed up with the bureaucracy in terms of like mm-hmm. the resources mm-hmm. being there that people need and they it being tied up in in like who gets to who gets to help you know it's a, a nation by nation or in america probably a, a state by state argument as to whether or not the returned person has claim to all of their original property you know like if i if i show up if you came back, if somebody who has, like, you think about your apartment, you whoever be lived there dead, before basically. you shows up and yeah. says, mm. whoever lived in your apartment before you shows up and says, get out, I used to live here, I live here again. What do you do? I, I, would, I, would, I would give it back to them. And if the government says you have to give it back to them, what what do you do after that? You know, you're just yeah, going like, off back to your parents. But you see, I was to say, like, I'd give it back to them and I'd probably find, you know, a different place to live or something. However, saying that, though, like that, like they're like, I, I assume and I'd just be in Ireland and, you know, Dublin and fine or whatever, where there's situations where these people have are refugees or immigrants and have come for a better life. This is a really good opportunity for them and they're living there and they're making that better life. And to ask them to leave is like not not as but, simple. But that's, I can be that's like, it. Oh, it's it's not as simple as saying I'd find a different place to live because... 50, for those people yeah but but you, you're going i'd find a different place to live but it's like yeah but 50 percent of the population of dublin are also trying to find another place to live oh yeah and yeah. the person that had the job in the tattoo shop before you is there now and they want their job back so now you've lost yeah. your job you know yeah like yeah. it's 
it's um as much as it is a fictional show and it's a comic book and we should have some fun with it like it's a big problem and it does reflect real problems yeah, for real yeah, people kind of, around the world the, you know the commentary the commentary in the show was brilliant to be fair like you know i really enjoyed it i actually really enjoyed this episode and i did like i did like the 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 pace of it and the beats of it and stuff um i it was really nice to see like just kind of sincere character development in the likes of sam and bucky and how they could have like you know an actual relationship it's not all just action and kind of like kind of like back and forth digs and all that kind of stuff that there's a little bit more substance to it you know some of it maybe a little bit like a little bit too much to a degree or or you know a little bit over the top or whatever but uh i actually really liked it and to be honest anthony mackie he's a phenomenal actor he's great yeah i think he's really good yeah brilliant brilliant probably the strongest actor on the show Oh well, the, but the guy who played Isaiah was brilliant as well. Bloody hell! It's like I was watching him, and it's just like, how does someone come like this far in life? And it's, is there age makeup all over that guy's there face? Is, yeah, yeah. Oh, is there? Because I was wondering, like, how does yeah. someone come this far in life and be such a great actor and not be uh, recognized? You know, for for his ability. I think he, he, I think he was the voice of uh, Martian Manhunter in the Justice League. Oh, cartoons. that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, and I think he was in Supergirl, possibly playing the same character. I think. Yeah. You've seen him and stuff. I think he was in was he in Alias as well. I think maybe he's he's been in lots of stuff. You you you've definitely you've definitely seen him. Yeah, he's good. So, moving on slightly then from Falcon and the Winter Soldier, just into sort of the the MCU stuff to come. Can like, we mention one more thing? Yeah, go on. Uh, thoughts on what's in the Wakandan case? What what would Sa- you like to see? Sam Sam suit. Yeah, but. Like Captain America suit, yeah. But what do you think it looks like? What do you think it does? Like, I would like to see, based on what I know of, of you know, I've seen pictures of a Cap Falcon iteration. Um, you know, he kind of tries to hold on to both identities, and I always think it looks a bit nuts that he's got the shield on one arm while there's a wing hanging off the underside of his arm at the same time. I don't know that it works, but if it was to bring some of the like the the nanotech stuff that we see in mm-hmm. Black Panther's suit or Iron Man's suit, if like the wings could come and go really easily and mm-hmm. um, get them out of the way, I think that that would make it a more um, like a streamlined um, outfit for uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America. See, I was thinking of this and I was thinking that like, would I like him to still have the wings and stuff? And I don't think I would. I'd like him to have a suit that maybe give him kind of an edge or something to a degree, but I'd, I'd like to see Sam be Captain America and not uh, the Falcon is Captain America. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I want, I want just, uh, and I think it could be a mixture between the suit he had in Winter Soldier, say, uh, like the suit, sorry, Captain America had in the Winter Soldier, and uh, the mixture of Sam's latest suit in the TV show and stuff. I think it'd be a mixture of it because you look at if you look at Sam's suit and how it kind of uh, goes from the shoulders into the middle of the chest and there's a, like a little kind of like falcon type symbol that he kind of had in the comics that could be like more like color orientated towards cap have the a there and different things like that like but i think it'd be a, a medley of both the costumes no yeah that's fair it needs to have it, it like it would break the kind of logic of the universe for me if it doesn't have some some of the black panthers technology, technology in it yeah because it's like he's human he doesn't human, have super yeah. strength he needs it needs to be made of vibranium and maybe maybe some of the like the kinetic 
force release stuff. Obviously, you don't want to give I, him like I that's a. That. I hate it. Yeah, it's it's too much. I hate it. It's pure video game nonsense yeah. in the middle of a Black Panther it's movie. Way I love it. Black Panther was bad fucking ass in Civil War. Yeah, yeah. without this Didn't fucking purple glow yeah. bullshit. Oh yeah, it wasn't good. Nuts. Wasn't good. Doesn't need it it's at all. Pure video game level of attack. Yeah. I hate it. But the thing is, then it's like that, and that was the other thing for me. Is it's like you know, Wakanda is the most advanced country in the planet in the MCU mm-hmm. they've got they've got like a fucking high speed rail in their vibranium mm. mines they've got it coming out the wazoo why yeah. doesn't the entire Wakandan army have that suit that the Black Panther has mm. I know it's a mantle I mean, and stuff look, but give them the same there's a 1% everywhere advantage. you know it just makes <laughs> I know but it just it, it just the what I'm saying is don't give him that power because it doesn't make sense to not give the entire to country everybody. that power you know but uh, yeah the suit needs to be vibranium and it needs to needs to give him an edge do we do do we see a Torres Falcon next episode <sighs> I think maybe it's just a hint that he's done something mm. with the wings himself I don't know if we necessarily okay. need to see him I mean action. I think they hinted at it last episode definitely yeah yeah or maybe that's enough you know maybe they'll bring him back then if it gets a see, this is one of the shows where season two makes not that it makes sense, but there, there's room for one, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'd kind of prefer to see it after the next slate. Uh, I'd prefer. To I see want a Captain America season. movie. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, fuck the series. Let's get Captain America: The Falcon Soldier or something. Like, where is Steve? Where is Steve? Where is Steve? Now that brings us back to again. He's definitely like, not dead because they could just say he's dead. Uh, we we can have multiple people with shields. We're gonna have, we're gonna have, we're gonna have John Walker running around with the shield. We're gonna have Sam Wilson walking around with the shield. I'd love to see Bucky with a shield in that Cap uniform. Like he was Cap before Sam in the comics, I think. No, 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 no. Sam was Sam was Cap no? before Winter Soldier. Oh, hundred percent. Really? Oh, I think like. Uh, Sam being after the Civil War when Cap got no, assassinated, no. Well, like, did Sam take it up? But I think I think Sam, Sam 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 took it up much later, definitely than Civil War. I don't know I don't know who got it first. Now I'm I, talking the comic books. Yeah, I I would guess. Yeah, okay. It was Bucky first because I remember. I think Stuart Immonen did the Falcon Cap run, didn't he? Yeah, I remember an Alex Ross image. I thought, like, see, I thought, like, kind of. I actually, I, I would have thought Sam, Sam got the shield, he, like, I would have thought Sam got the shield at some stage, even probably like a decade or, or, or so before Winter Soldier was even a character, no? No, he, well, he might have, car- like, he might have done that sort of like Dick Grayson's Batman for a week kind of thing, but in terms of the post-Winter Soldier really shifting the mantle around a bit, um, Steve gets assassinated at the end of Civil War, um, Bucky takes up the mantle, I think mm-hmm. it's like the, the Brubaker stuff, um, because like he was doing he was dealing with the history of Bucky in those comics and what it meant to have the Winter Soldier back before they started looking at what the the racial representation of Captain America might look like um, in those comics and you know when it came to the end of Endgame they decided to bypass and, and not worry about that as a sort of arc for Bucky and that's grand like Bucky's got his own shit to do with the Winter Soldier white wolf monikers mm. you know and, and it's more interesting to see the representation stuff in America um, 
through Sam's eyes and Isaiah Bradley. Like I love that they've touched on all of that. Mm. Yeah, it's brilliant. The the I don't even know if it's a deep cut. The one I'd like to see running around with the shield as well. And there's there's a fan image out there of her done up as Captain America, but like Alison Brie. Yeah, did you see that say, image of Alison Brie yeah. as Captain America? Yeah. Now watch me do backflips to try and make that happen. Right? <laughs> There is a character in the comic books in the Marvel 2 series that they ran through the early, late 90s, early 2000s, which is sort of set in the future a bit. And she is Shannon Carter. She is the daughter of Steve Rogers and Sharon Carter. And her character's name is American Dream. Now, Steve Rogers traveled back in time, had a life with Peggy Carter. I think it's perfectly acceptable to assume that there's a kid out there that could be Alison Brie with a shield. That's a fair thing. Like yeah. that is my wishful thinking. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm I know sorry. it's not going to happen. But... <laughs> it's wishful thinking. He's allowed to. He's allowed to dream. He's allowed to have the American dream. And I'm allowed to dash them. Yes, you. In your in your your usual perfunct way. I don't. I don't think. I don't think that what means what you think it means. It's subordinate, churlish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're we're wrapping up. Yeah. I guess the the winter soldier stuff i think it's mad that we are a year after it was supposed to be released that there's no eternals trailer and i know you you've mentioned to me previously that like may seems like a realistic time to get this but like when i think about seeing teasers and and you know preliminary trailers for things a year out from something even the fact that we were a month and a half away from the eternals and we hadn't before they rescheduled it due to pandemic and we still hadn't seen a trailer for it. Isn't that fucking nuts? No, that's not right. Well, we were early 2020 and it was supposed to be out like July, August? Yes, I think so. But, the, but like, sorry, maybe I misheard you. I thought you said we were like a month and a half away from its release and we hadn't seen the trailer. Is that what you said? Okay, I, I might have over-exaggerated yeah. the, the, the closeness. That would but like, never happen. When, when, when I'm used to seeing things a year out... Mm-hmm. the idea that we've seen is there any footage did they show footage at a comic con or something going into it no because they they skipped they skipped comic con um they they announced the cast at comic con and then they didn't attend us the following year basically so i think maybe it's because i think things probably shifted i don't know if the fox deal had actually happened when eternals had gotten that far so i think they possibly have reshuffled because eternals tie is very closely to kind of i guess the x-men in in ways you know in terms of what it means for the that universe that there's these people who have been around for millennia you know all we've known is like thor was the most out there thing in the MCU, essentially, you know, that, that this, this God is, you know, actually existed. And the Eternals is going to change all of that. And I think then just the way things happen and then the fact that the Fox deal took place, it's like, well, okay, you know, they probably leaned quite heavily on that aspect of there being these group of people on the planet with these powers and then went, how do we hit that beat as hard as we do in Eternals and then have to, repeat it when we're saying oh and there's also x-men it's like didn't you just tell us that like 
you know, it's it's kind of repeating the same story beat. I think, and I think that's probably part of it that there's probably a bit of reshuffling that that kind of took place because of that, and then on top of that, there was the pandemic. That's my guess. I don't know. Mm. I'm just guessing. That's enough. You're speculating. People have speculated worse. Don't Remember tell me what I, mean? I can and can't do. I know that. We're, we we run out of Falcon and the Winter Soldier in in a week, um, and there's I know, a gap. Yeah, very sad. Between there and Loki, um, it's only like two weeks, I think. Yeah. It? What do you reckon for the the um, the first week off? Anyway, we do a speed racer revisit. Yes. Yes, and we could also talk about the MonsterVerse with Godzilla and King Kong. That's true. Yeah. So I mean, that's two. I mean, two things we can have a look at. Um, yeah, I mean, Speed Racer is a funny one where I saw the trailer initially and thought this looks like dog shit, and then I saw the movie and I was like, oh, it's all right. And then I watched it seven more times and went, I've never seen I the movie. Like this movie. <laughs> um, we should be getting um, a Matrix Four trailer soon as well. That's still due for release this year, so mm. that's going to be interesting. Well, on that note, thank you for coming along to another episode of The End of the Stream. We have one episode left of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and we will continue to inundate with our brain dumps of media and pop culture. Um, I am suggesting to the lads that we take a look at the comic called The New Dead Wardians, which is a silly name, um, but is a murder mystery uh, kind of Edwardian noir detective story set in a world where I guess zombies happen but there's also vampirism and the upper classes uh, become vampires in order to avoid becoming zombies and it's a, it's a weird little world they made I always think it's sounds like Twilight oh.